You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ask Drone You. We have a very special guest today. He is not the president of Ukraine, although his sweatshirt may indicate as such. But joining us once again today is Mr. PJ Kirkpatrick. How are you doing today, buddy? Very good, Paul. Great to be here. Yeah, no, it's 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 actually always awesome when you are here. It's a lot more fun. So what are we talking about today? Um, we, in full transparency, I really want to talk about three specific things that we find most drone pilots kind of don't think about uh, when they're starting their business or maybe refreshing their business. And I think it's an important thing to discuss because in all honesty, um, it's very easy to overlook some of the complex subjects that we like intrinsically do not want to do or do not want to think of. And if you're in the corporate world, and you're kind of retiring, you're transitioning out of that position, you're getting into any entrepreneurial um, thing, I think that these things are going to be very relevant to you. Now, we're going over these specific three points that are mostly overlooked because PJ is going to be doing a new segment here on Ask Drone You. What is that segment, PJ? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So I've been asked to uh, do conduct some interviews with uh, Drone U Elite pilots and other industry leaders, uh, all in an effort to help the drone operator. To like learn from their failures, their Best mistakes, like, what's working, what's not. Exactly. And I'll also share some of my mistakes that I've made in my <laughs> career <laughs> as a drone operator. And um, yeah, I'm humbled to say that, yeah, I'm not perfect. Hey, speaking of lessons learned in the drone industry, um, I will never forget, I think it was the first show we did with you. And uh, it was, we were talking about search and rescue. And I'll never forget, uh, the first thing that like came out of your mouth was, no, no, I actually did it wrong. And, oh, here, yeah, and here's how. Yeah, yeah, I think people love that. Because yeah. it's like, at least you have the humility to be like, no, 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 I did this wrong the first time. Because we learn so much more from failure, you know? Yeah, 100%. And it took me many years to figure that out. I mean, I used to think failure was a sign of weakness or whatnot, but... I fail every day, but as long as you learn from that experience and don't repeat it, you're going you're gonna to be fine. Yeah, it's more learning. It's not a mistake at that point. Yeah. And the reason I brought that up is because I just saw a new, um, an article coming out. Uh, I forget where it was. It doesn't matter. But the article was talking about how some company is implementing autonomous mapping missions like we do with Search and Rescue. Mm -hmm. And they are adding an extra element into that where it's uh, a hardware add-on to any drone. And they're able to literally like pull a cell phone feed um, or the radio signals from a cell phone to try to locate a missing person. What do you think about that? I'm really excited about that. I mean, I've been really? aware of that technology for a while and it's been used in other, uh, you know, other applications, but, uh, yeah, finally bringing it to the search and rescue operation. I think that's going to see an increase in successful, uh, missions of finding individuals. Do you think that that changes your, um, ideological stance on whether search and rescue drone missions should be like digital camera based, utilizing some sort of software to search the images, which has seemingly gone away, but I had chat GBT write me a code script for that application just yesterday. I love chat GBT. <laughs> um, but 
I mean, when it comes to those ideological strategies of like search and rescue, regular digital photos, scanning them through software or thermal or this, do you think that that adds to the potential solutions? Will it be a prioritized solution? Like, what are you thinking? No, I think, you know, having more tools in the toolbox for search and rescue operations is going to be helpful. Uh, there's not one solution that's going to be the end all be all solution. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. I mean, there's different environments. They'll use horses in, you know, tough terrains. Drones are a great asset. They've shown and been proven to uh, be successful in a lot of search and rescue operations. So having said that, whether you're looking for a phone, because the reality is the phone battery can die, right? Well, I was just going to say, too, you know, we've learned from lost person behavior that there's so many different scenarios. And a lot of these scenarios that we've been hearing of recently are suicidal based scenarios where there are no phones. Right. That's why I wanted to ask you, you know, what do you think about this new service? So No, I think it's great. Like I said, it's adding another tool to the toolbox. So, like, for example, thermal is a great first uh first effort to try to find an individual. But sometimes if that individual's, you know, been missing for a long period of time, uh, that might not be the best solution. So yeah, you really have to look at all the op options you have at your... Uh, yeah, there's and there's a lot of options. And one thing I would say too, is that what I've learned from you in our search and rescue classes, if you're a part of any search and rescue, two things. Number one is gather data on who's missing and run it through the lost person behavior app because that's gonna be your most reliable determination of where to look. Uh, and that, go ahead. You know, I was just gonna say, I love the fact that you brought up that lost person behavior because um, that's, it's a, it's a it's like the Bible, if you will, for search and rescue, <laughs> in my opinion. And uh, and I'll caveat that with I am not an expert, mm. but, uh, you know. I've, Neither are any of our politicians. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, working with uh, certain individuals, it's, you know, definitely going to help. Yeah, no, 100%. So let's get to the meat and potatoes. Um, I know you are launching this new segment, which will be here on Astro New in the normal feed. I think this is going to take us over 2000 episodes, total episodes for this year. I think we ended last year almost 1700, not counting all the regular episodes, but the bonuses as well. So um, I think we're going to be racking up even more shows now. Also, if you're a Drone you member, you haven't been one, maybe you're in and you're out now. Our new coaching program that's a part of membership. It's a built-in service. It is flying off the rails in the most positive way possible. Um, it, it is soaring and it's really helping people. I love seeing that. And I think what you're doing too is going to be uh, a big part of that. And so with all that to be said, let's talk about some of the biggest issues that drone pilots um, face, either when you're refreshing your business or you're starting your business. I would say, PJ, for a lot of the drone pilots, I think that we have trained a lot of people who have already completed their first career and they're trying to find something they enjoy doing that's challenging it's stimulating, et cetera. Um, I think one of the biggest things that a lot of those corporate kind of people don't understand is how many hats you have to wear and all that goes into it. So before we go into the first thing, I just wanted to say that because I think whether you're brand new or refreshing, because it's the perfect time of year to be working on your business rather than in your business, you want to consider these things. So um, PJ and I have come up with a list of three topics that most drone pilots fail to consider or consider seriously when starting or refreshing their business. And those answers are different than what we found in chat GPT. <laughs> yeah, uh, just out of curiosity, I was, we were 
looking for what ChatGPT thought, but I think uh, which wasn't. I mean, it wasn't wrong per se, no, but, but it was I just don't think people. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't think people care. And what did it say? It was like flying over people. It was mostly regulations and flying over people and yeah. stuff like that. But I, I wanted to make a reel where uh, it's literally like um, FAA says don't fly over people, and then you see that guy riding the Sky Surfer drone over people, and it's like you know. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, but what's our number one or the number one that we came up with? What's the number one issue you believe that drone pilots fail to seriously consider? Yeah. So before I, uh, you know, go into it, I just want to say that this list is from experience. Um, it's not anything that, you know, like I said, I'm okay saying that I failed a number of times. And when you start a new business, it's going to happen, right? You're going to fail, but you just have to learn from it. So the one thing I, the first thing I, you know, came up with was assuming that everything is going to go right on your mission, right? I can't tell you how many times I've gone out there thinking, you know, doing everything I thought I could to prevent anything from happening, right? We're all about reducing risk. Uh, stuff happens, you get a firmware upload, you get uh, wind speeds are increasing. There's a lot of things you have to take into consideration. There's a lot of variables when you're out on those missions. So being able to improvise, adapt, and overcome certain situations, uh, that's a skill set that any drone operator is going to have to develop. Yeah. yeah. That adapt and overcome is really, really critical no matter what part of aspect life that you're facing. And I also feel like this is one particular subject that we could really go down the rabbit hole if we wanted to, which we probably shouldn't. But when it comes to adapting and overcoming, which is what we're talking about here, having those backups, right? Yeah. I didn't, I want to make sure I didn't miss this point. Um, yeah, I was going to make that too. <laughs> oh, I mean, backups for backups. That's part of it. Yeah. And I mean, like as a pilot, I feel like this is one of the big differences of what we teach here versus other places is that pilot ideology. I think a lot of other people have really failed, even though they have all these FAA credentials, which no offense are meaningless. Um, it's not, you can't get those credentials for drones. They're literally a waste. So, and I feel like you're actually kind of making fun of your audience when you're like, I'm an FAA CFI and all this. It's like, well, there's no CFI for drones. So what value do you have? Um, all that to be said, when we teach from experience, when we teach from these things, I think it provides a level of depth and validity to the information because when we teach this pilot ideology of redundancy on all things, part of redundancy is adapting and overcoming. It is having backups to not only your drones, but for example, our camera here, our main studio camera, right? Producer or and myself, I'm going to blame myself here, has not cleaned that lens and probably since we moved here and the focus is racking back and forth and I'm like, what in the devil's name? And so I'm like, oh, we just got to clean the the lens. And that's just a perfect, you know, uh, uh, metaphor for as pilots, pilots have always had checklists and systems of handling everything. And I feel like drone pilots think drones are easier than helicopters and planes. And thus they don't have these backups. Yeah. What I think the issue with not having backups as a drone operator is the risk of flying a drone is not as risky as manned aircraft pilots, right? Yeah. Manned aircraft pilot has an issue with their plane. It's a high risk and a high probability that they're going to get injured. Mm -hmm. Drones the operator is not at the highest risk. It's usually, you know, anybody on the ground is at a risk, but at the same point, you can ditch that uh, drone in a safe location and crash the bird and you're not going to walk away harmed. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 100%. That's actually a really good point. I mean, even though there are many, many, many ways for these drones to fail, and I feel like some manufacturers even take advantage of that by not teaching people the systems of how to actually fly these drones. Okay, so when it comes to not having backups, is there a personal story that you have 
of things not going as planned because I know that there was one time for me, I went out to a ranch for a ranch job and I didn't actually, it was, it was for the harder they fall for the movie, the harder they fall. And the director and DP wanted this shot where the gimbal is actually moving like an FPV gimbal. I didn't have my FPV drone. I didn't have a drone that had FPV gimbal mode on it because I had the X7 and they take that off. Sure. But if you have the X4S, they allow you to do it. And I was like, it was killing me because I was two hours away from the office. There was no quick save. Sure. You know, and once you have that problem once, I feel like it never happens again. And now all of you know why I drive a full-size SUV because it is full <laughs> of backups. <laughs> well, um, the one that comes to mind and it, it was one that uh, thankfully I did have a backup. I'll just share this experience because I was on a construction site and I had the customer with me, right? They wanted to see the operations. Well, I pulled out my P4P. I was going to do the mapping mission. And uh, lo and behold, at the time, DJI pushed a firmware update and I'm in the middle of, you know, a rural area with, you love that, <laughs> with no, uh, no Wi-Fi access or phone access. So, all I had to do was, you know, grab my Inspire as a backup, um, set that thing up. And, you know, to the customer, it looked like I knew what I was doing. Mm. Now, had I tried to upgrade that firmware, it takes a long time. It's a pain in the butt. It, even though I knew what I was doing, it would have been perceived as, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. So having that backup saved me there. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, there's... There's definitely a lot that can go wrong. All right, so let's make our way to number two. Number two, biggest issue that is not seriously considered or problem of these pilots. What do you got? And again, I did this myself is not understanding what it takes to start a business, right? At the highest level, you're like, okay, I got to get a tax or EIN, tax ID. I need to uh, uh, get a drone. I need to uh, learn how to fly the drone. But there are a lot of other hats that you have to wear if you're trying to start your own business by yourself, right? There's accounting, there's taxes, there's just so much that you have to do as a business owner. Um, it's not just flying drones. No, and, and and like you said, there's a lot of hats that have to be worn. And when we were doing our pre-show, you're talking about, look, you've got to have marketing. You've got to have, you know, automation. You've got to do accounting. You've got to do administrative stuff. You have email automation, you know. Sales. And yeah, sales. And that's why I talk so much on the show about you've got to, which her class is not very good, in my opinion, after watching a couple of times, there's a few things that are missing. But Kara's class regarding that business automation, and, and you don't need that software that she teaches on, to be honest, you can do this your own with like Zapier, for example, um, which is the next level of complexity, but it also does a lot more. And that is your ability to think of the client navigation from start to finish and trying to automate those points as much as possible. You know, because like even with like the evolution of like chat GPT, chat Sonic, write Sonic, um, gosh, there's so many AI engines now in just one month. It's like, whoa, here we are, yeah. you know, and they're growing and they are growing. But the thing is, is that as a drone pilot, if you think of the entire navigation of the client, of how you service them, how you complete it and how you keep them engaged in your business. And then you automate various parts of that, like writing your emails, you know, if you use AI and you have the basic, you know, thought of like, okay, well, here's kind of the main points that I want to get at. And here in this, 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 and this, you actually use these things as a tool. It's not replacing your writing. It's not replacing the things that you're doing, but you're using it as a tool. You can really automate a lot 
of your business and make wearing these hats easier. But to your point, you have to kind of go along that evolution of learning how to do that stuff, which is something in itself. So do you have a particular methodology of learning how to wear all these hats because you are the perfect example. You came from corporate America. Um, and are you glad you left? Cause they don't even exist anymore. <laughs> uh, I am glad I left. Uh, I do enjoy being my own boss and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, working with smaller groups, but, uh, yeah, the corporate world is, I do miss the money though. Mm, well, yeah, they, they, man, I just met a neighbor and he was telling me how he worked at Intel and all he did was research audio stuff and he was making like triple what I'm making. And I'm like, so you read papers and you summarized it and you wrote emails to management about it. Yep. And that, wow. Wow. He's like, yeah, well, that job is gone now. I'm like, yeah, no, shocking. You know, yeah. shocking. It's well, gone now. Well, I, can <laughs> I can tell you. So when I first started out, I was working twice as hard, making half as much, but I'd never been happier. See, and like, how do you, you know what, dude, this literally goes into uh, this quote that I saw here this morning, unfortunate freaking person who wrote the quote, but we're going to say the quote anyway, which is success isn't about how your life looks to others. It's about how it feels to you. And I, I think it's more than that. I've heard another thing that success as a dad is when your kids want to come home and spend time with you over the holidays. That's success. Yeah. You know, and so like success, what I've learned is a very subjective thing. We all think, especially I've learned with corporate people, it's like the house, the family, the car, I'm successful. Like boring. Excuse my language. Let's bleep that out. Um, but, that that yeah, but that is, that's really boring. You know, there's so much more to life and, and success has to be what you define it as. Um, and wearing these hats is hard. And as you said, you know, you can either learn these things or you can delegate them. So how much would you recommend? Is there a magic formula for delegating certain things? Not necessarily. It's really identifying what your skill set is, what your strengths are and identifying where you can, your opportunities of improvement are. For example, me, I don't like to sit in front of a computer as much as I do like to fly, right? I like getting out there in the field. Um, I spent 18 years, you know, in, uh, in an engineering position and uh, I loved it. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was very uh, uh, added value to the network. But at the end of the day, um, I had a hard time balancing family and work life. So I feel like that's a constant evolution. Yeah. And, and to answer your question, like, so for example, because I like to fly so much, I outsource the processing, right? Now there's pros and cons to that because a lot of the money actually comes from the processing side of things. True. So um, it's really identifying what your strengths are. Well, well, let me interrupt you because is the money in processing? The answer could be yes, which we know it is, but it could also be if you're not doing the processing and you're able to scale up those acquisition jobs and you don't have to do any posts. I mean, that's, I'd rather have that money. Yeah. So that comes to scalability, right? So what you're talking about is when you're first starting out, yeah, you have to wear a lot of hats, but from an operations perspective, you can outsource that to scale up, right? So you can identify other pilots that can help you out in your business, right? So that's a, that's another strategy for something. I want to hit that really quick because you just brought someone on board to this team, this flight crew, who is a shining example of this. Uh, and I think this is something that people need to consider when you are refreshing your business and you're working on your business. 
Have you created a job for yourself? And which is okay for some people, okay? That is okay. I mean, if I were retired and I wanted to keep making good, decent money and I wanted to be outside, have something intellectually stimulating, which by the way, could be life-saving. I know that on a personal scale. Having this job after retirement could be great. But for those of you who are really serious about building a business, because as an entrepreneur, you essentially have a few ways of building wealth. You can, you know, buy your house, build wealth that way, or you can build businesses and sell them. But you can't sell a business if you're doing everything in the business. That's not a sellable business. That's a job. And so I think a question that a lot of people don't really consider that goes into line with number two is, am I building a business where I'm bringing other pilots on board and I'm operating as the executive director because my skills are exactly what the problem of number two is. I guess it's the solution of number two, which is I'm very good at managing lots of things that are going on and I'm good at project management. I love to fly. I'll do certain jobs, but I'm going to hire other pilots to do things for me. And I'm talking about Mr. Nelson, um, who is a phenomenal person. He calls uh, it enterprise DSPs, by the way. Sure. And I, because he called himself a DSP at first. I'm like, I don't think you're a DSP, dude. You got like 10 pilots working for you. A DSP <laughs> is like the lone ranger over yeah, here. Like I was when I first started. And me too, you know? And that could be dangerous too. We've seen that too. <laughs> yeah. We're not touching that one. Yeah, but, but anyway, yeah, you can go too far down the lonely rabbit hole and then you never get out. So there's a lot of ways it can go bad. But, you know, think of, are you creating a job for yourself or are you creating a business that in five to 10 years you can flip, you know, and you can sell that. So I think that that that's important. What do you have for number three? So the third thing that I've learned is that your, you know, your customers don't know what they don't know. Right. So when you're approaching certain customers, you may be like, Oh, they need mapping, whatever. Don't assume you know what your customer wants. You really want to listen to them, listen to what their problems are, and then offer solutions to solve their problems, right? That's, that's I think, the biggest thing that I've learned, at least with approaching construction. And But you can approach that with any customer, right? Well, yeah, and I think listening to understand and listening to people's language, I think, will be very telling in how what the depth of understanding is. I know you face this problem as well as, as I. Of you, you go and do a job, And they say, oh, you know, um, I really need a 2D map for my construction site. And okay, cool. I'll make you an ortho mosaic. No, no, no. I don't want an ortho mosaic. Yeah. You know, well, 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 wait a minute. You want a high resolution 2D map, not geo-referenced, done quickly to provide a quick, very detailed, you know, bird's eye view of everything, right? Yes. Okay. That that's an ortho mosaic. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So and don't be afraid if you know some people don't like sales, right? Well. It's not, don't think of it as sales. You're really just educating the customer, right? Yeah. That's, that's really what you're doing. You're just educating what you're capable of, what you can offer. And, uh, and they'll be thankful for the problems that you solve for them. Yeah. And you know, that brings up what we talked about in coaching this week, which was we've had, we've had a few pilots who um, have expressed concern in that they have had 30, 40 years experience in a particular field. And they're like, I know how to go out, do this job, and be done at the end of the day and collect my check. And so I'm not very good at sales. I'm not very good at marketing. I'm not very good at this. That self-doubt, by the way, as I've faced in the last few years, can be crippling. And you have to change your perspective. And so with this particular person on the coaching call, I was like, I I want you to look at this totally differently, okay? If you have a 30 or 40 year career, 
I want you to go to your client. And I want you to say, PJ, you're, you're going to be my fake client. We'll call you, we'll call you John. Okay. Paul John. <laughs> John. I've been called worse. John, I've been working in another job for 30 or 40 years. And you may not think I'm the best salesperson. You may not think I'm the nicest person. You may think I'm blunt. You might even think I'm an asshole. But you know what? If I agree and commit to work to you, you are going to have the highest quality, most comprehensive job done with no emotion, no drama, no unprofessionalism. I'm going, I'm here to be the most efficient person to help you solve problems. That's it. Yeah. And it was like, he was like, Oh, well, when you put it like that, I'm like, just set the bar low with the client. We're all human. We all have flaws. And when you come out there and be vulnerable about it, but also express confidence by saying, look, at the end of the day, I'm going to be the best person for the job because I follow checklists to a T. I have to get this done because in the past, if I didn't, I was liable on a level that I was not comfortable with. Right. You know, and so I think changing that paradigm and that perception, I think it really helped him. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, as you're telling that story, it reminded me of uh, me going to a client. It was a construction job. I showed up. I have my hard hat. I have my all my personal protective equipment on. And the first thing he said to me was, I know you're a professional pilot. I'm like, you know, I didn't even say anything yet. He's like, no, you showed up with all your PPE. The last guy that came here was in shorts and flip-flops. I kicked him off the site so fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that I think that goes back to one of your earlier points that a lot of people see this as an easy, convenient way of making money, but also being outside, enjoying life, bettering their health. Yeah. You know, it's almost like a, a health improvement. And it's like, if you are in this industry, you must first take yourself seriously and you must take this extremely seriously. Because if you don't, it's just a matter of time before it catches up to you, you know? And so I think this is really good. So it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's worth it. A lot of people 100%. say it's really hard to be a drone pilot. Yeah, it is. And you know what? It's so worth it yeah, because it. if you can see through that, all the BS and you see a lot of other pilots as unprofessional, you quickly realize just how much opportunity there is if you are professional and skilled and systematic. Yeah. When you, when you present to a customer that you're deliverable and they recognize how valuable that information is, that's really rewarding. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? The last part, number three, we kind of went down a diatribe here. Do you have a solution, a quick, succinct solution of pilots assume their clients know what they know and what they're looking for? We've talked about asking questions, yeah, listening. You know, is there anything else that we should know? No, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. That's why you're going to pull the information out of them. Probably not calibrated questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't want to ask a question like, you know, what do you want? Try to ask the question that where you can help them, right? So, um, and at the end of the day, uh, what I found that's drone operators that are really successful, they have one thing, one skill set in common. You know what that is? Mm. Grit. Yeah, Angela Duckworth has a whole book on that. Yeah. That's uh, that's an indicator of someone that has a higher probability and propensity of being successful. I guess we now need to go change our personality test on props. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that is going to do it for us today. You've got to check out PJ's new segment on Ask Drone You, where he is going to be finding out what worked for people and what didn't. Because in all honesty, if there is one thing that I have learned in being a drone pilot and an entrepreneur, 
Failure is good if you can see it as good, if you learn from it and you apply the change. If you are afraid of failure, I'm not sure that you're going to be cut out for this. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I'm looking forward to it too. No, I'm really looking forward to it because at the end of the day, you know, we want to help pilots, you know, as much as we can. And there's no reason why the wheel has to be reinvented. So we're going to share best practices from pilots that have gone through the, uh, the issues that we're talking about, um, along with some industry leaders that can help you guys out. So looking forward to it. Awesome. I am looking forward to it as well, PJ. Thank you very much for joining me as well. Thank you for being a part of the flight crew. And thank you for your grace as we, uh, as we have all evolved here at DroneU. It's Indeed. been constant learning. Always. So sometimes not fun. Like that time you stabbed me in the rib. I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for us today, everyone. Thank you again for joining us. If you have a question, go to askdroneu.com. Upload that question. We love the technical questions, the mapping questions, the ag questions, the business questions. You know, we are also navigating a very interesting point in time in regards to the manufacturing of these drones. There are so many claims out there that are just outright false. And if like many things in this world, um, only the intellectual and only the people who are willing to do their research are rewarded. So whenever you feel yourself getting lazy or, you know, counting on a point of convenience, don't forget the skill that it took for you to get th to that point. Don't lose that skill. Too much convenience will get you in the comfort zone, which is going to be your ultimate killer in your business. I hope you took something out of this. I can't wait for PJ's new segment to come out. Make sure to check it out. Thanks again for leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you listen to the show. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks again for listening to another edition of Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.